Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, folks. Lonnie here, cutting in early. Want to let you know about two collabs we've done recently with the Impolite Society. Now, first of all, Laura and Rachel came into our podcast to talk all things 30 Rock. You'll find that on our feed now. We go back to some of the best episodes, history of the show, just a really wonderful look back on the sitcom 30 Rock. And second of all, we asked a question of Laura and Rachel for their show. We look at taboo topics. Uh, this, this question was from Dylan mainly, and it's to do with Batman, Catwoman, and all things pleasure. Stick around now for a little promo for that episode. That'll be on the Impolite Society feed, which I'll link in all our socials and in the show notes here. And also, wait around at the end of this episode. I'm going to put the question that Dylan and I asked. Um, if you do this with kids, I'm not sure if you do, but if you maybe don't want them to hear about that sort of thing, um, now's your warning. All right. See ya. And an interview with Variety Magazine, co-creators of HBO Max's Harley Quinn said that they had written a scene where Batman performs oral sex on Catwoman. The writers then go on to say that DC Comics made them cut the scene because, and I quote, heroes don't do that. That sounds like a lot of fucking bullshit to me. So we're not alone in our reaction to this because the internet had a fucking field day after this article came out and people weren't super supportive. But it does point towards a kind of deeper attitude towards this specific sex act. So Dylan and Lonnie, our friends, our buddies, our mates is how you would say that, our mates. (laughs) We're going to dig into all of this to answer the rude question today, would Batman go down and more importantly should you i miss you man i miss you man i miss you i miss you man do i miss you i miss you man i miss you i miss you man do i miss you well hello there this is a podcast i call i miss you man i'm here my name's lonnie i'm with dylan how you doing dylan I'm doing great, doing great. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Now, this show is going to have a lot of different fans coming today, I reckon, because Small Soldiers, it's a, got a bit of a cult following. And they're probably listening for the first time, Dylan. What can they expect of our podcast? Well, this particular series is called The Christina Chronicles, which is where we dive into the back catalogue of movies of our favourite actor, Christina Ritchie! Oi, oi, oi! Oi, oi, Exactly right. Now, Small Soldiers is the film. It's directed by Joe Dante, um, released to the moderate success back in 1998. 50 um, million box office, something like that? It cost about $40 million, made about $87 million, according to Wikipedia. Don't trust that. And it's kind of left some sort of cultural uh, footprint. Is it? Well, is it really? I think people from our age kind of remember it at least. 
Because it was on all the time on free-to-air television. It was. Well, that was my, that, that's my first question to you, Dylan. What was, this, what was your experience with Small Soldiers back in the day? Just catching bits and pieces of it when changing channels pretty much. Yeah. You know. I never sat down and watched the whole thing from where to go. Never. Never in my life. But I never wanted to. Never wanted. Why not? Because it looked terrible. <laughs> Is it terrible? Well, what would well, we do? We sat down, we watched the whole thing through, mm-hmm. like we never had before. Mm. It was terrible. No, was I don't terrible. think it was that bad. Mm. Defend yourself right now. <laughs> but what's the film? Let's talk about the plot first, maybe, so we can, for new listeners, maybe, if people haven't seen the well, film. Well, the, the plot's dumb because it's basically like there's these guys who design toys at this company mm. and they'll make them like the fucking director of the company is just like, I want toys that are basically artificial intelligences. <laughs> Make it happen in three months. And then like, oh, no. And your boy's in it. David Cross, is it? Love David Cross. Don't we all? Don't we all, mate? Yeah. It's the bright spot in this movie. Yeah. And so, bloody guy who isn't David Cross, but he orders some stupidly powerful military chips to put into the toys uh, and so they are AIs and they learn and they can construct things like missiles and nail gun vehicles <laughs> it is madness yes and so a kid just sort of gets them back so they're being released like next week and he happens to get a hold of some early through various Joke. sort of <laughs> through, boy Joe, job. the truck driver. Yeah, there's a little kid. Baddest at his job I've ever seen. <laughs> so, he gets rewarded for it at the end, Lonnie. He gets rewarded for his incompetence and theft of company property. Yeah, and it, uh, I was thinking of that in sort of relation. You know, there's been recent reports about you know rat tests being taken by the government or being sold to one company, then another company takes them. You know, this is for rat COVID, tests. COVID rat tests. If you're a rat. <laughs> <laughs> COVID rapid antigen tests. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, this guy, he had an order to fulfill to give a number of boxes to the toy shop, and then he just like gave another one to the other random kid. Not yeah, the, well, the kid said, oh, haven't you ever told him something's fallen off the back of the truck before? He's like, oi, don't like your tone. But then he does it. Yeah, it doesn't so, anyway. Yeah, no good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that sort of thing happens. Maybe. And he gave him so much. He gave him every single figure. He gave him promotional materials for them. Yeah. No. <laughs> he gave him the hang-up signs. Well, I've got some sort of logical questions to go through about that, but we'll just, just keep going with the plot so we've got it laid out. So the kid's name's Alan. He's... Horny fam- for Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong, Dylan. Yeah, that's wrong right. Um, yeah, I got some lines about that actually. So there's some notes here about that. So he, his name's Alan. His family runs a, well, his dad runs a toy shop, but it's mm. like an old fashioned toy shop with like wooden toys and figurines stuff. Much to Alan's chagrin. Yes, and Alan's a bit of a bit of a wild boy. We are told. So they tell us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are not seeing seeing any of this, are we? No implication in the look of the character. <laughs> because he just looks like the meekest, most unassuming boy. But apparently he's like set fire to schools and bloody... What else has he done? He bloody... Well, he, he uh, called the... in a bomb threat. 
he admits to that. He admits to being like expelled twice. But the everyone in town apparently knows about this kid and it's like, oh, yeah, he's been done 12 times and he killed someone. Like, no, he's just like a regular kid by the looks of it. Yeah. And I get it. You know, rumors grow mm. out of control and that. But still, even if he had just called in the bomb threat and been expelled from two schools, he still doesn't look like a kid that would have done that. Exactly. And nothing about his actions really do that. What's that haircut he had yelled, Monty? What's that? What's that haircut he had yelled? <laughs> Some classic 90s. Very haircut, 90s, right? isn't it? <laughs> too, too good, in some would say. What kind is it called? It's like when you cut out the middle of your your fringe, and then that's it. <laughs> that's what all you need to do. Not good. You wouldn't know, Dylan. You don't. You don't have haircuts anymore, do you? Nah, pure bald, bald and beautiful. <laughs> okay, so this kid, he happens to get the toys early. Mm. And they activate. And as you're saying, they're artificially intelligent. There are some sort of aliens who are nice and docile and we just want to get home. Gorgonites. Gorgonites, exactly right. And then there are uh, the Commando Elite, which are basically G.I. Joes who are... Pretty much. They're designed to kill the Gorgonites. Yeah, just generic military men. Mm. The lead one, what's he, Chip Major, I think? Something like that, yeah. Major Chip, something like that. Tommy Lee Jones, hmm. who is putting in a performance. <laughs> he definitely went one one or two days in the recording he, studio. I would. That's generous. I'd say an afternoon. You can't deny that he was there. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. I heard his voice in the film. It was clearly recorded at one point in time. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And so obviously when the toys are coming to life, Alan's got to try and protect the, the Gorgonites and things are getting out of control. Um, I think interesting concept for me, the film, mm. but then towards the end it sort of devolved into just sort of random, you know, fighting and explosions and stuff and it, that became less interesting to me. Okay, why did you find it interesting in the first place, Lonnie? Well... I thought the themes of the film were quite interesting, Dylan. And I know you're going to laugh at me about that, but, you know, okay. it's the combination of, you know, two major influences of American culture, commercialization and capitalism and selling things and marketing and also military. And I think the idea is that global, global tech, global tech, the company that owns, well, that global is tech, yeah. producing the toys is also a huge military um yeah. yeah, seller, developer so of weapons. Yeah, a military division. Yeah, mm. and so yeah, that's the question. Why would a company that develops military weapons also be selling toys? It's like, well, yeah, I've got some some quotes here, but yeah, you need to sell to kids the fact that war is essential, and then they'll grow up to and go soldiers. to war and yep. think they need it. And yeah, the, the fact that he was able to to grab, you know, ex military microchips and put it in toys, and no one questioned it. <laughs> Like it's a bit funny. Like it's like doesn't make much sense, but also I think it's kind of maybe the point of the film is that you combine all these things. This is the natural evolution of American society. Yeah, fair point. Okay, okay. And I found the Gorgonites pretty sympathetic, and I've always liked the ending where they, they like they need to go home. That's their programming, but their home doesn't exist. But they're going anyway to try and find it. I thought it's kind of you know nice sweet ending. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Archer, I, I liked Archer. He was like the only one. The rest of the Gorgonites are just fucking degenerates, Lonnie. It's, it's like, so true. 
Yeah, that, that actually, I, I, I think Archer was the only one I liked. <laughs> yeah, like in Zaniac. Oh, no. fuck. I wanted to throw my remote through my television multiple times. It wasn't even a question. <laughs> Had it in my hand, ready to go, ready to lob. Really? Then change scene. Thank goodness. Yeah, just that Can't afford a new TV yet, Lonnie. <laughs> okay, I've got some random notes I want to go through. Mm. Oh, do you want to talk about why you don't like the film, actually? I mean, we'll be here all day. But, you know, <laughs> go through your random notes first. Well, the random notes, and I've also got some comments about the actors and some reviews from, from our like boy. And... from the actors? Or... No. Oh. They don't talk about this film. Not that I could find. <laughs> no. I didn't look hard, but... Tommy yeah. Lee Jones <laughs> isn't spreading the gospel of small soldiers? What are you talking about? Yeah, you, you touched upon this already when... Dennis Leary comes in as the big CEO of the company and talking to the toy developers. And he wants the toys to do what they do in the ad, which is talk and interact, right? But you're totally right. What he says to them is basically, hey, create life, please. Come <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, God did in seven days. I'm giving you three months. What's yeah. the issue, boys? <laughs> What's worse than that is that they do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Through shady means, but they do it nonetheless, yeah. yeah they sure do it. Um, I thought that was going to be an interesting way for the movie to start because thinking, like, if I was making a movie for kids, would I start this, the film with a boardroom meeting or, you know, a, a presentation to a CEO? But they did, and it worked enough, I guess. Did it. Wouldn't you start with some action? I don't know. You should. You should start with action, I guess. Hmm. But they didn't, Lonnie. They went the route less travelled. <laughs> sure did. And I was thinking as well about, you know, he was talking about how he was able to order 50,000 or more microchips to put in this. It's, on one level, it's kind of weird that they never tried them out before they go under the shelves. Like, wouldn't this have come up beforehand, wouldn't you thought? In uh, testing? No product testing? No, stop it. Well, I guess maybe that was, <clears throat> that was truncated because they had a... A three-month deadline for some reason. Exactly. Very short deadline. They just had to get him out. They better build them and then send him out pretty much mm-hmm. straight away. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, I guess. But, like, I don't know about you, Dylan, but I've, I've bought things at work, right, for for the office or something. The level of paperwork and bureaucracy is immense. And this guy can just go on a computer and click <laughs> yes, buy, and it happens. No one checks. Madness. And he from didn't the have military, to sign off. Again, you as know? you said. Yeah. In May. No, no, it doesn't need approval from his higher ups or anything. No. No, no, just do it. Give me 50,000 military chips, bro. <laughs> I'm feeling that order. Why not? And I guess they were surplus. Maybe they were happy just to get rid of them or something, but still. Well, they weren't using them, as they explained later, because what's that nuclear devices can destroy them because of EMPs. Hmm. But then the movie also says EMPs don't have to be nuclear based so that's right but well, i don't get that get that from what i understand of emps it'll destroy everything electronic right that's yeah so not these chips in particular no it'd be everything like right that's why she said uh when she was riding the mower that it shut off on the yeah so why would these these chips shut down because of emp everything else is also emp sensitive was the idea that they wouldn't be useful in Protected combat from emp yeah so the government could have gone and made them protected, but they didn't bother. Yeah, that's what they said. They mm. said they wanted armour, but the government was like, nah, not worth it. Let's put in some toys, I reckon. Yeah, put in some toy commandos. <laughs> and we'll send them out into war. 
just actually what they do at the end, actual line, actual plot point. Yeah. You're going to have actual small soldiers going out to war. Look, that's a sequel you never got, isn't it? That's the one I want to see. That's you, the movie you'd love I to see want that, to would you? see. Yes. You bit bored by the suburban setting? I just I don't like it. I also don't like that the toys are aware that they're toys, but they're doing their, like, toy fiction anyway. Like, I don't know. That just graded my gears. Well, that's it. How how alive are they? And they, they felt pain and they had emotions, but was all that programmed? Well, yeah, they're robots. You think they had souls? Well, that's my question. <laughs> oh, Lonnie, that's... I think Arch had a soul. For this podcast. <laughs> Fuck me. And, like, why would it matter when the guy gets his legs chopped off and he's, like, writhing around in pain? It was like, like you a toy? Like, you don't have feelings, do you? Like... Well, I guess, think of it like his, his wires or his nerves, Lonnie. So he does feel pain. Okay. But he doesn't have a soul. Uh, and yeah, that's right. Okay. I have souls. I'm calling it. Okay. Definitive decision on small soldiers. The film everyone cherishes from their childhood. <laughs> and then I've got a bit of a question about the, the mechanics to... the So how we get these particular boxes into Alan's possession, right? Mm. So the whole thing is he's like saying he's a bit of a, a muck-up kid, he's been expelled twice, and I'm, I'm guessing to try and set him straight, the parents want to give him some responsibility, right? And so he has something to sort of get his life back on track. What they do is put him in charge of the family business, the livelihood of the whole family. And what more of a sink or swim situation could you give a kid, Lonnie? Then, like, the the business that is supporting the family and paying the mortgage, etc., etc. Right. That's right. He was doing a decent enough job of it until the small soldiers got loose. I mean, he didn't have any customers before that, except for Kirsten Dunst. That's his, that's his dad's fault, he said, because the toys were stupid. Yeah, I suppose so. I just, that, that, that they kind were. of felt... They were. It was toy trains and shit. Yeah, no one wants them anymore. Gross. But that, that's the kind of thing I, I'm not really sure works. Is like, is he a fuck-up kid who is can't be trusted and then he has to learn to trust through the events of the movie? Or is he someone who is always good and we can trust him with the, the business and then it keeps getting out of control? They kind of haven't tried it both ways, but it didn't really work, did it, either way, to me. <laughs> No, they wanted their cake and they ate it too. <laughs> exactly. But so the whole thing is that the dad is going away for a seminar, right? Mm. About how to be a better business owner or be a small business better or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. And Alan is like, well, dad's away. I get these toys. I can sell them before he gets back. And then he'll, he'll never know. All of a sudden, we've got more money. I'm doing a good thing for the family, right? Mm-hmm. The dad comes back the next day. So it's a quick trip. Well, that, that's that's two questions for me. The seminar he had to fly because he had a ticket, like a plane ticket. But yeah. then he's back the next day, so I guess he had to leave that night. The seminar must have started like across the country at six o'clock in the morning or something, because he otherwise he'd fly there and back in one day. Sure. Okay. Because it's a one day conference, not like it's a multiple day thing. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me that you would fly the night before, go to the conference, be back next afternoon. That's, that's kind of weird to me. Well, he 
maybe. He just wanted to get back as soon as possible. Didn't want to leave your son in charge of it too long. He is a fuck-up, Lonnie, as we've established. <laughs> it's true. But you leave him too long and he'll start pulling bomb threats. He just can't help himself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But then how did Alan think he was going to sell all the toys in one day? Uh, I guess he just thought they were the, the hottest things there, which they would have been, I guess. I guess but, so. You know, he's old one, technically. Definitely he's old one, yeah. On, on pre-order, lay away, you know. Yeah, I would think if the dad was away for like at least two days, you might think, oh, that we makes sense. That, we don't have that much time, Lonnie. The, the rest of the toys are out Monday, and then there would be a national crisis because toys all over the country are killing people. <laughs> It's possible, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think maybe we didn't get to see him and his marketing skills. Maybe he was going to be spruiking them and calling up the wreck the paper and being like, hey, we've got some brand new toys here that are alive. Come and buy them. And he didn't know that was going to happen. So, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the dad, he does need to go to a seminar, though, if, he's, that's, if that's his plan is like, I'll leave my 12-year-old kid who has been expelled twice from school. <laughs> I don't know if a seminar is going to help you, mate, if that's what you think is a good business option. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Mention Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. This is her prime time of being the unattainable girlfriend character in lots of movies. Oh, yeah. Um, did you like her performance? It was fine. Sure, it was okay. I mean, she's okay in everything, isn't she? Yeah. I've, it's, it's funny in this one, just like Spider-Man, she's with another guy who's got a motor transport that the main guy doesn't have. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I didn't even make that connection. There you go. Yeah. Um, this time it's being a it's motorbike, which is very cool for a kid, I guess. You've been on a motorbike before? Yeah, yeah. A couple of times. Do you feel cool when you're on a motorbike? Um, yeah. Okay. You'll look cool, I'm sure. Mate, I already looked the part, beard and bald. Yeah. I'm a bikey already. Yeah, yeah. bike. <laughs> there's one thing I, I just stood out for me is there's a line where she says, um, when he says to her, this is Alan says to her because he loves her and, you know, but he's nerdy and she they live next door to each other. It's very similar to Spider-Man now, think about it. <laughs> yeah, that is true, yeah. Um, she, he says to her, you're not like other girls. And then she looks at him and is like, I know. It's like, oh, that's... She, but again, also, she's like the most other girl, other girl yeah. that's ever existed. How was she like, not like other girls? She, she's she's a blonde, cute teenager. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very unique. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Alan. <laughs> we better come for Alan today, aren't we? Because he's a little dickhead, Bonnie. Yeah. Not particularly fungible. No. Dumb haircut. Dumb face. 
for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, one more thing about the microchips. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned it with your, your love of the Gorgonite guy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. well, the, the other guy has super speed, seemingly. Who, in Zaniac? Yeah. Played by Michael McKean. Well, you love Michael McKean. Yeah, I guess. Not anymore. This didn't, re- this didn't even sound like Michael McKean. Yeah. No, no, He's voice walking on it, and it was just the most annoying lines. Yeah. But, like, does the super, does the microchip give you access to oh, super yeah. speed? Like, you are. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. I put that out there to the world. Someone can answer us, okay? No one's answering. No one's answering. Uh, okay. My main problem with the whole film though, right? And I quite liked it. I said, you know, fun concept and, you know, kind of a fun adventure in some ways. My main thing is that most of the problems posed by the small soldiers could be solved with a cricket bat. Right? Yeah, and they kind of go down that route at one point. They do. But I feel like... But yeah, Alan Alan does have this elaborate plan at one point where he has a box that has taped voices of the Gorgonites mm. in it. He trying and tricks the soldiers to go out and get it. Just wait in the bushes. Have your cricket bat, as you said. As mm. soon as those soldiers walk out, fucking send it, mate. Yeah. Just smash them. <laughs> or stomp them. Like, they don't have super strength or anything. No. Or super durability. They only become a problem when they have time to collaborate and plan and build like weapons. Batman. Like Batman. <laughs> Basically. If you could get the Batman with a cricket bat and just kill him, like, he's no threat yeah. anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Very weird to me that um, they sort of had to keep inventing reasons for them. Like, eventually, I guess they, they sneak away at the beginning. Like, that's cool. But, yeah, they just gave them way too much time to organise. Pretty much. Pretty mm. much. Not on. Not, not on at all. You don't condone that. You don't condone toys killing people, do you, Lonnie? I do not. I never would. Never have. Never would. You're never going to flip-flop on that stance, <laughs> eh? We'll see. <laughs> um, and also, my, my, I guess all the police were busy that night. Like, no one turned up to look at yeah. us. Yeah. Big, big night uh, for the police. Drug bust, maybe. I don't know. In the small town in America. <laughs> All right, okay. You poking too many holes at small soldiers, <laughs> on you. <laughs> Bit rude of you. Uh, all right, well, maybe we should move on to the actors. Um, I want to talk about Christina, but there's not much to say. <laughs> we're, we're very like much, three lines? We're in Cameo County again, aren't we? Uh, if that. It's really extra work at this point. Yeah. What's her role in this film, Dylan? Uh, she just plays the voice of uh, like a, a Barbie doll knockoff. Mm-hmm. She plays one of the voices. The main one's Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, I was a bit confused about that. I was like, at least make Christine the main one. Nah, she no. just. I guess she just covered the lines that uh, Sarah Michelle missed and she wasn't coming back <laughs> for. <laughs> I don't know. It was bad. I wonder how much she gets paid for this voice role. You know, probably not much, eh? be really interesting to ask. I wouldn't imagine much, no. Mm. 
because she would get residuals because she did the voice line. And I suppose not much. But also compared to the effort going in for an afternoon or an hour, even uh, an hour. You reckon that took an hour for her? No <laughs> way. She probably had a lunch break on another set and went down. They probably just turned up in a with a recorder and just said, "Hey, can you say this?" And she reads yeah. the script. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I wouldn't even be surprised if they were just audio clips cut from interviews she's had. It could be, hey. It makes you wonder why they bother getting a famous actress to do the line when it's such a minimal part. I know, I know. What was the point? Or mm. just have Sarah Michelle Gellar do all the lines. Why are you having an extra actress in there? I don't get it. I don't either. And it's the same... Like, they're Gwendolyn dolls, so aren't they all the same character anyway? So wouldn't they have the same voice? Confusing. I hate it, Lordy. I hate it. <laughs> um, I think they do. Uh, Looked in now records. This is the first film where we don't actually see Christina on screen. First voice acting role. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. Won't be the last, though. There's a few coming up. Here I have Colour City. That's what I keep thinking of. <laughs> Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Yes. Ooh. Smurfs 2, I think she's in as well. <laughs> Oh, no, why? No, when did that happen? <laughs> back in no. the day. No, that happened behind my back. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Would we watch Smurfs 1 or we just sort of go, we just Smurfs 2? <clears throat> Usually I'm a man that if I have plans to see a later number in a franchise and I haven't seen the previous ones, I will watch up to that before mm. I go see it. Yeah. I'm just going to jump into Smurfs 2, Lonnie. Um... I'm not watching Smurfs 1. No. I've got no interest in it. I think I think I'll be enough. Gregory Smith is our boy Alan. Um so he acted a fair bit after this and, and still does a little bit these days, but he's mainly director nowadays, Dylan. Don't anything we know? Yes. A lot of the CW superhero shows. Ooh. So in in Riverdale and Archer. Um, not Archer. What's your name? Arrow, Green Arrow. <laughs> Archer. Archer. Wait, let me get that. I don't think it was Archer. Um. Yeah, Green Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Checking that. Yeah, Arrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> oh, Arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, that sucks because those shows suck. So. Well, he also directed episodes of uh, Superman and Lois, which does not suck, even though you don't watch it. I've heard it sucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't, does it? So. Oh, it's real bad. Who do you believe? Um, you or millions and millions of other DC fans. I think the answer's pretty clear there, Dylan. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's pretty cool. Better left unsaid. Better left unconfirmed, okay. who right, I believe. Right. Um, you mentioned David Cross. Like, he can do better, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was asked to him. Why are you going to go David Cross? That's, that's what I'm saying. I think he's got other talents that weren't particularly um, drawn upon here. He's not getting much get to, to do. get to improvise or anything, really. So no. What do you want him to do? And he can, he can get pretty dark as well. Like he, he was not much to his character. He was just sort of flailing around. But I like him anyway. So. Okay. That's good. And I thought we should mention the late, great Phil Hartman. Yes. Do you know Phil Hartman? You would know him from The Simpsons. He was the voice of ah, Troy, Troy McClure. Oh, yes. I was oh. wondering why I'd heard him before. Yeah. Okay. 
This is very sadly his last on-screen film role. Um, oh, that's really that sucks for Phil Hartman's man. Yeah, um, but he is just an amazing guy from all counts and one of the best performers. And sadly, um, yeah, was lost to Passed us. Away. Hmm. I think it's time for some reviews, Dylan. Oh, you reckon? Okay. Did you look into any reviews yourself? No, I'm, I went in pretty blind. Review wise, did mm-hmm. Rog, our boy Rog, review it, Monty? He did. <sighs> Done a full one eighty on Rog. Used to be a bit critical, but now you're on to him, aren't you? I love it. I'll be sad when we read his last mm. bloody review for Good Christina. Team. Now, Roger started off pretty strong, as he often does. Hello. He said, Small Soldiers is a family picture on the outside and a mean, violent action picture on the inside. Nailed that. There's lots of violence in this. There's stabbing. Yeah. There's bloody burning people. Yeah. Shooting nails at them. Shooting corn bloody holders. Yeah. Well, as as, as Roger Ebert says, since most of the violence happens to toys, I guess we're supposed to give it a pass, but I don't know. The toys are presented as individuals who can think for themselves and there are believable heroes and villains among them. For smaller children, this could be a terrifying experience. That's a fair point. Fair mm. point. And they've written about this and spoken about this a bit afterwards, but the director, um, Joe Dante, was trying to make a kind of more of a adult action film with toys, like, and make it a bit dark. And then about halfway through... The execs were like, no, we're going to make this towards children. And so the film was kind of a bit split in half because it's like on one hand doing one thing, on the other hand trying to sell, you know, toys to kids, which is kind of also the point of the movie is kind of criticising that. So Yeah, it was. Um, it's kind of obvious that it was mm. cut down from much meaner places. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they make a joke. Like the CEO at the end's like, oh, this whole thing would have made a great commercial. Yeah. Okay, dude. So did it? <laughs> well, I think they were trying to make it market it, but as we said, only made what eighty-seven million dollars, which isn't it's nothing, you know, in terms of global box office. Yeah. Do you know if these were real toys they sold? Or? I think they tried to. I think they had like some tie-ins with McDonald's and stuff, but never really. And then there were issues, I think, because they were marketing it as you know, regular GI Joes, but then the movie was a bit more violent than that, and so. Some families, a bit of a moral panic about it being like too violent for kids and stuff, which arguably the movie is probably too violent for little kids at least, you know. Definitely. Roger goes on to say that uh, part of the inspiration for Small Soldiers may have come from Toy Story, um, where Toy Soldiers are part of the characters, yeah, the little, little green action guys. Yeah. But too much of it may have come from Sid, the human kid in the movie. He lived next door entertained himself by taking his toys apart and reassembling them in grotesque ways. So Roger's a bit confused about what the message is for <laughs> kids. And he said he doesn't mind it when movies are ambiguous for adults, which, you know, I probably agree with. But he's like, watching this, what is a kid supposed to think and feel? I'm like, I, yeah, I'm not really sure the movie has a strong point either way about what's good and bad about the world, hey? Well, I think the message is quite clear because the message is that if you have enough money, you can get away with anything because yeah. the CEO just pays off everyone involved with this disaster <laughs> with absurd amounts of money. How much do you think he paid them all? Like, obviously much more than a new house for the two houses. Yeah. I don't know what he paid Joe. 
probably a year's salary, I'd say. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. I reckon Joe's probably didn't take too much to, to pay him off. Oh man, Joe's got integrity, yeah, Dave. <laughs> I'm just saying he'd be happy with anything. Fair point, fair point. <clears throat> yeah, that, that was kind of very pessimistic and very... Um, <coughs> You know, realistic ending maybe is like yeah if you got enough money pay him off and then everything's soaked on the carpet everything's peachy and they're yeah. going to make even more money because they're selling the small soldiers to the military now yeah exactly yeah no, no loss wins. for them really what happened wins on uh, two houses got a bit destroyed and a little <laughs> keeper's put in a cupboard for an hour that's fine no, yeah. no issues no issues I want to mention this other review I found, Dylan, more of a retrospective analysis piece by mm. a guy called Nathan Smith on the website Little White Lies. Gosh, okay. He was looking back about 20 years after the film, so in 2018 he looked back at it. Um, there, was a bit of, there was a bit of talking at the time, discussion, when it came out in, in 1998 because it came out around the same time as Saving Private Ryan, obviously another famous war movie. And there was one journalist who was like, you know what, I prefer small soldiers because it's got a bit more to say about the world and war in particular. Nathan <laughs> Smith in this article also says, who are you laughing at? <laughs> the person that said that small soldiers has more to say about war than saving private right? Well, Nathan Smith here says, what if an often overlooked children's movie is actually one of the great American anti-war films? He says, Small Soldiers is about how violence is sold to us. As the defensive company executive played by Dennis Leary of Arx, don't call it violence, call it action. Kids love action. <laughs> the most effective way to sell conflict to the voting public is to make it attractive to children. Then parents have to buy it. It's true. It's true. It's true, isn't it? Bloody true. The old bloody military industrial complex. True words never spoke in Lonnie. It's a cool comparison here that I didn't think of. Um, he says, you know, it's a bit like Toy Story people saying that, but he reckons it's maybe closer to Jurassic Park. Um, you know, both in its narrative about a science experiment gone wild and the tension that exists between its on-screen politics and off-screen merchandising. So the film, on one hand, is criticising commercialisation and marketing military toys towards kids, but then was doing the same thing in real life. And nothing I didn't really we haven't touched upon yet though is that you know the whole the company we mentioned it it's like a military operation but also selling toys. It's like in a world where Amazon works with the Pentagon and Disney wants to own every pop culture icon, Nathan Smith says, Dante's critique of multinational monopolization resonates even more today than it did in 1998. I guess so, but the CGI sucks balls, Lonnie. <laughs> it's an interesting deal on the thing you focus on. You think it sucked balls? I don't think it sucked balls. Oh, it was terrible, Lonnie. Oh, it was pretty good. Look, here's my thing. If the toys were CGI the whole time, it would have been fine. Hmm. But they weren't. They were cutting between live-action animatronic toys and CGI. It's so jarring, going between the two. Because the animatronics look beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Archer's animatronic most of the time because he doesn't do much. And that's always nice. But when it just you know, changes to that late ninety CGI. Ugh. Hate it. It's the worst looking thing in cinema. 
1890 CGI. It's much cheaper, though. I know it's cheap. Because it looks cheap. That's why. <laughs> what do you think about the idea about the monopolization, though? I feel like it wouldn't be too far ahead in the future. We've got, like, three companies and everything, you know? Yeah, isn't that, yeah, isn't that already what's happening? Yeah. Not, not good, is it? I wouldn't have thought. Well, someone has to own them. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have competition. They'd have different companies that? owning different things. And Why is that? Why is competition better? Well, if you've everyone got two options, then those two companies can decide everything, you know? Fine. 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 Monopolization's bad. <laughs> well, if there's the only two podcasts in the world, Dylan, you, us, and... That would be amazing. That'd be good for us, would it, actually? <laughs> yeah, you're on board. You us and my girlfriend, Dolly, our friends. Hello. Jesse and Heidi. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. <laughs> Overall thoughts, Dylan. What do you what do you want to wrap up on? Bad, bad. Not enough, Christina. Might as well have not been in the movie. Where do you think it rates in her in a growing list of films? Right, right near the bottom. Really? Right with, right with that darn cat, and right with Barcelona Carolina. Wow. Bottom three, I reckon. I think once we get to the end of the Christina Chronicles, or at least maybe catch up to where we are with her. Matrix. <laughs> Do you, do you think we will be able to do a definitive list? Um, we probably could, yeah. Yeah, I reckon we could do. And I reckon this one's going to be in the middle. For you, yeah. Definitive sure. means both of us agree, so. Okay. I'm not moving off this hill that I'm dying on morning. All right. Okay, well, that's a fine then, as long as that darn cat is above it. Yes. Really? Yes. I'm surprised. I, was gonna, I thought I was going to... No. Well, that had actual Christina in it. That so, That is true. That makes it better. And a lot of her. Hmm. <clears throat> this just felt like a waste of time. Hmm. Okay. Why did I watch this? It's for the Chronicles. Well, the podcast that I'm doing. I know. You know. I know it's for the Chronicles. It's for Christine. It's for the people. It's for us. But Yeah. It's no life storm. It's not like a hidden gem we've oh, discovered, God. you know. Ice storm. Watched that again the other day. Did you really? Fun. Just for fun, Lonnie. It was great. Loved it. Well, that's one good thing we've got out of this show. Absolutely, yeah. If nothing else, we got the ice storm and we'll get to watch Speed Racer again. <laughs> okay, Dylan. Well, that's been us talking about small soldiers. Um, socials, are we on them? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. We're on Twitter. I'm pretty sure. Yep. We're on Instagram. I'm fairly certain. We're on Facebook. I know that. Yes. We're on the internet in general with our own website. Mm-hmm. That's for sure happening. Mm-hmm. Got some clips on YouTube on there. Mm-hmm. And every podcast app you can think of, we're there too, baby. That's exactly right. Uh, if you've come to the Christina Chronicles today and you want to go back into the main show, what would you recommend, Dylan? Quick recommendation for the best episode of the main show? The main show, mate. Oh, man. I like the ladder match one. We mm-hmm. had a good time watching those. Yeah, that was good fun. There's a ladder match for a custody of a child, people. Get amongst that. <laughs> what would you recommend, Lonnie? I'm um, thinking back to our recent ones. I I would say the audio commentaries is pretty fun listen. Okay. That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. Appreciate that, bro. No, it is. You're right, aren't you? Okay. Hello. <laughs> 
I want to thank Mark for our theme song. Good on you, mate. Mark, the man. And you know what, Dylan? Until next time, I miss you. <laughs> Sorry. I saw your face and I couldn't get my words out. I miss you, Christina. I miss you, Christina. Yeah. Don't laugh at me. Oh, no, laugh. It's laughing with you. I was laughing. With you at your face. <laughs> Hey there, it's Lonnie here from I Miss You Man. I'm with Dylan. How's it going, Dylan? Lonnie, it's going good, but I have a, a philosophical question that I need answered, my friend. Okay, please, please go on. Well, Lonnie, you know, recently uh, the creators of the Harley Quinn show, they wanted to depict Batman uh, having oral sex with Catwoman. And that was not on, was it? Apparently. Well, evidently not, Lonnie. DC put the kibosh on that and they said, no, 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 heroes don't do that sort of thing. And is that true? I don't think that is true, but maybe it is. Like maybe if he's a, a comic book character selling lunchboxes for kids, maybe you don't want that to happen. But also heroes? Why don't heroes do that, Dylan? That, that just seems silly to me. I think they should, and I think it should be celebrated that they do that sort of thing. Well, What's more heroic? What's more self-sacrificing than giving oral pleasure to your partner, Lonnie? Well, that is something I think our friends on the Impolite Society should delve into. Is this unmasculine? Is this unhero-like? Is this something Batman should do? Let's find out. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.